Uncle Roland's Pleasure Place. Episode 4 Derek and the Aussie Wozzie Bird. Wow! Do you remember that? It was Deborah shouting. She had just finished playing tennis with the best tennis player in the world. Wow! And she had just come out through the door and had seen Derek. Yes, but that wasn't why she shouted. She had also seen Mathilde. Yes, but again, that was not why she shouted. So why did she shout? She shouted because she had seen a car. A car? That's not very exciting, is it? Ah, but this car was. Do you remember that the door Deborah and Derek went through was in the middle of a field of grass? Purple grass. Do you remember that? Well, that's what the car was parked on. The purple grass. And do you know what the car was doing? It was eating the grass, just like a cow or a horse. And if you think that's strange, just look at the roof of the car. Can you see it? Yes, it's a house. A house on the roof of the car that was eating purple grass. Now, if you saw that, you would shout, wow, just like Deborah. We are going, yes, we are. Grinsters were winking and smiling. We've been waiting for you. Derek poked his head out of the window of the car. We are going on a safari, he said. Do you know what a safari is? It means you are going away. You are going away to see interesting things. And Deborah and Derek were going on safari in Uncle Roland's pleasure place. <laughs> Why is there a house on top of the car? asked Deborah. I don't know, said Derek. Why don't you ask Charlie? Charlie was the driver, the fat, jolly-looking man who smiled at Deborah as she sat down on the back seat of the car. A bright pink ribbon helped to tie his massive black hair around his head, but Deborah could not take her eyes off his huge black beard that not only covered most of his face, but hung halfway down his chest as well. Hello, Charlie, I'm Deborah. Deborah leaned forward to shake Charlie's hand and wish she hadn't. Her yell made Charlie and Derek jump. From the middle of Charlie's beard, a head had appeared. Yes, a small head. Hello, Deborah. I'm Mitch. Mitch is Charles' pet monkey, explained Derek. He lives in Charlie's beard. He scratches my back and combs my hair, said Charlie, so I let him live there. Deborah leaned forward and repeated her question. Why have you got a house on top of your car, Charlie? Now that is a silly question, said Charlie. No, it's not, said Deborah. Yes, it is, said Charlie. No, it's not, said Derek. It's obvious why I have a house on top of my car, said Charlie. No, it's not, said Deborah. Yes, it is, said Charlie. No, it's not, said Derek. I have a house on top of my car, Charlie turned round to look at Deborah, because then I never have to drive home. Simple. 
isn't it? The monkey went back into Charlie's beard. Now, said Charlie, we are going on safari. Where are we going on safari to? asked Deborah. It's a surprise, replied Charlie. I hope it's a nice surprise. Derek was still remembering how he nearly turned into a bird. It's a surprising surprise. Charlie was a bit of a giggler. Do you know what a giggle is? Listen to a giggle long enough, you will start to giggle. But we aren't safari, we don't have time for giggling. Enough! Charlie slapped the steering wheel of the car. The car rocked from side to side, shaking Deborah, Derek and Charlie in their seats. Enough! Charlie shouted again. This time he slapped the wheel twice. If I don't stop the car eating the grass, we'll never get started, he said. Deborah looked at Derek. How stupid could things get, she thought. Why does your car eat grass? asked Derek. It was a stupid question, but then everything in Uncle Roland's pleasure place seemed to be very strange. There's no petrol in Uncle Roland's place because when cars use petrol, they make nasty smells and make people cough, so my car eats grass instead. See, it's quite happy using grass. And it doesn't make nasty smells that are bad for people, said Deborah. Exactly, grinned Charlie. They drove across a field of purple grass until they reached a small bridge. Derek looked down as the car passed over a small stream my goodness, look, Deborah, he cried. That stream is bubbling with chocolate. Yes, replied Deborah, and it tastes very nice. Derek looked at Deborah. Was she going as mad as everyone else in the pleasure place? But of course, he did not know she had already discovered the little stream, didn't she? The car arrived at the other side of the stream and stopped. There, Charlie was pointing. What is that? Derek's mouth was open wide enough to catch two flies, a butterfly and a flying hamburger if they had been passing. Wow! Deborah's eyes were open so wide she could almost see the back of her head. What is that? they cried. It's the forest of colours, giggled Charlie. There were trees like in all forests, but these trees were coloured like you have never seen trees coloured before. Have you ever seen trees with leaves orange on one side and pink on the other. Those are the girly trees, said Charlie. But the trees with the leaves coloured red on one side and white on the other are the boy trees. Why are all the girly trees on one side and the boy trees on the other? Derek pressed his window down and poked his head out. It was true. The path in front of them turned into two paths, one going into the forest of boy trees and the other turning towards the girly trees. Because boys are not allowed in the girly forest, and girls are not allowed in the boy forest. So Derek opened the car door. What would happen 
if I went into the girlies forest, he said. Oh, said Charlie, I don't think that's a very good idea. No one has ever done that. Then I'll try it. Derek stepped out of the car. Derek, no! Deborah tried to grab Derek's arm, but he moved off too quickly. One foot. Derek jumped. He jumped so high, his shoes thought they were flying again. Just one foot. Derek stood as still as a statue in the middle of the path. Just one foot forward. The voice did not sound very nice. Derek closed his eyes to try and shut it out. Just one foot forward and you will lose it. Derek smiled. This was stupid. How could he lose his foot? Slowly, he lifted his foot to step forward. Derek, you are a silly boy. Derek's foot was suddenly getting warm. The higher he lifted it, the hotter it got. So hot, it began to burn him. Derek bent forward and pulled off his shoe, but it fell out of his hand and landed on the path in front of him. The shoe had vanished in a puff of smoke. Charlie looked at Deborah, and Deborah looked at Charlie. They weren't exactly smiling. Derek crept slowly backwards to the car. He was feeling very stupid, and now only had one shoe. Is that Uncle Roland who was talking? Derek was still shaking. Uncle Roland? <laughs> I don't know, said Charlie. No one has ever seen him. My mother will not be very happy if I only go home with one shoe, said Derek. Don't worry. Charlie started the car again. If children lose things in Uncle Roland's pleasure place, they can always get them back before they leave. Can we go into the Forest of Colours? Deborah had been looking forward to taking the girly path. Yes, but I have to park the car first. If I don't park the car in the car park, I get a bonk. Charlie drove past a big sign with an arrow pointing to the car park. What's a bonk? Derek looked sadly at his foot without a shoe. A bonk is not very nice, explained Charlie. If you leave your car in the wrong place and man arrives with a big bowl of custard. Then what happens, asked Deborah. He turns the bowl upside down. Charlie closed his eyes tightly. He turns the bowl full of custard upside down and bonks it on your head. Then what happens? Deborah did not want to know, but it was Derek who had asked the question. You have to walk around with the bowl on your head, dripping custard all day. Well, I don't have a car, said Derek, as he watched Charlie turn into the car park and carefully park the car. What is that? That, said Charlie, is a pizza popper. The pizza popper was like a big round football. When I say big, I mean big. Like as big as a big round football with four wheels on each corner. Now I know what you're thinking. There aren't any corners on a football. But I said it was only like a football. Because if it was a football, it couldn't have any wheels. And if it didn't have any wheels, it could not be in the car park. And Derek would not have said, what is that? That's why I said it was like a football with four wheels. It pops pieces, said Charlie. Deborah and Derek had never seen a pizza popped. You see that little round hole? Charlie was pointing. Well, you tell the popper exactly what sort of pizza you want by speaking into that hole. And before you can say flippity-jibbit, your pizza pops right into your hand. Can I try it? Derek opened the car door and went up to the pizza popper. 
I would like a four-season pizza, please, he called into the round hole, without too much tomato. Then he held out his hands for his pizza. Go away. Derek jumped back. The pizza popper seemed to be annoyed. Look at the time. Derek didn't have a watch, but Charlie did. Oh, my goodness, said Charlie. It's ten to one. Exactly. Now go away. You can't have a pizza just before lunch. Charlie got out of the car, followed by Deborah. You wouldn't eat your lunch, would you? Derek was still holding his hands out for his pizza. I thought we were going to the Forest of Colours, he said. But it's lunchtime now, said Charlie. It's time for lunch, it's time for lunch. Time to get your teeth to crunch. On lovely food, on lovely food. Then you really will feel good. The Grinsters were flying in a circle around them, grinning and winking. Charlie locked his car. Come on, he said. The restaurant's open. <coughs> Derek looked at the plates of food. There was fish and chips on that one. Then there was chicken and chips on the next. A hamburger, then a bowl of soup, and then another plate of spaghetti on toast. The food was sliding past him on a long, long table. Charlie leaned forward and lifted up a plate of roast beef and Yorkshire pudding. We'll eat outside, but don't forget to take a hat, said Charlie. There was a big box of hats in the corner. Charlie took one, put it on his plate of roast beef and went outside. Why do our lunches have to wear a hat? Deborah took a plate of sausages and salad and followed Charlie outside. No, no, go back. It was Charlie shouting. You can't come out without a hat on your lunch. Deborah found herself back in the restaurant with Charlie pushing from behind. He took a hat, placed it over her plate of sausages and salad. Derek picked up a plate of fish and chips, but stopped by the box of hats. He thought it was very silly to put a hat on his lunch, but he didn't want to be pushed back into the restaurant by Charlie. Picking up a bright blue sun hat, he carefully placed it over his lunch and stepped outside. He felt really silly walking along towards a table with a hat on his lunch, but he need not have worried. All the children eating their lunch at the tables had hats on their lunches. You have to lift your hat up very slowly, take a piece of food with your fork, and then put your hat back down on your lunch very quickly. And Charlie was doing just that. Deborah looked around. All the other children were doing the same thing. So, carefully lifting the hat, she peeped under it, stuck her fork into a piece of sausage, dropped the hat back on her lunch, and popped the sausage into her mouth. Now that was really stupid. Derek had never seen anyone eating their lunch like that, and he certainly wasn't going to. Taking the hat off his plate, he put it on the table, and with his knife and fork, started to eat his lunch as usual. He stuck his fork into a lovely fat golden chip and had it almost halfway to his mouth when... <coughs> Derek blinked. His lunch had gone. His place was empty. All that was left was the chip on his fork. All the children were laughing and banging their hands on the table. Some of them laughed so much they tipped their chairs and fell backwards, waving their legs in the air. One of them had just popped a sausage in its mouth, but he laughed so much 
the sausage flew out straight into the mouth of the child opposite, who didn't like sausages. Derek was shocked. He was sitting completely still, looking at his fork, holding his piece of chip. Now you've lost your chip as well. Charlie was grinning. It was true. Derek's fork was empty, completely chipless. It's called an Aussie Wazzy. It's called a what? Derek was furious at losing his lunch. The moment he had lifted his hat, a bird had swooped down from a tree and with its mouth wide open had swallowed Derek's lunch in one gulp. Then, seeing the chip on Derek's fork, had turned around, swooped back and pinched the last of Derek's lunch. Charlie explained that an Aussie Wazzy bird was really just a mouth with wings and the moment it saw any food anywhere, it ate it. Why don't you get rid of them? Derek was still annoyed, and now he was feeling hungry as well. Because they belong to Uncle Roland, and no one ever gets rid of anything that belongs to Uncle Roland. Charlie was still poking around under his hat, enjoying eating his lunch. I'm going to get more food. Derek stood up and started to walk back to the restaurant. Stop! Derek turned around. You've forgotten your hat. Charlie threw the hat at Derek. Feeling very stupid, Derek went up to the server in the restaurant. Can I have another plate of fish and chips, please? Derek held out his hand. What? Could I have another plate of fish and chips? What? 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 The server picked up a wooden spoon and smacked the counter in front of him. No. Then he smacked the counter again. Are you being greedy? No, no, Derek moved back from the counter. The server was looking annoyed. Yes, you are. If he hits the spoon much harder, thought Derek, he'll break it. Do you know what happens to greedy children? Derek shook his head. They have to stand in the corner. But I'm not greedy. A bird stole my lunch, said Derek. Greedy, greedy, greedy. The server ran around the counter, grabbed the collar at Derek's jacket and marched him into the nearest corner of the restaurant. Now you just stand there for a week. The server pushed Derek into the corner. I'm not greedy, shouted Derek. Now you can stand there for two weeks. A bird stole my lunch. Derek waved his arms. Now he was getting annoyed. Now you can stand there for three weeks. Derek shut up. Every time he said something, he had to stand in the corner for another week. Outside, Deborah was lifting her hat, snatching a piece of salad quickly, and then dropping the hat back over her plate. In the trees above her waited not one, not two, but three Aussie Wazzy birds. Their small red eyes above their huge mouths, watching every move the children made as they ate their lunches. Deborah watched them very carefully. Why don't they swoop down and eat the hats as well as the lunches, she asked. Because Aussie Wazzy birds don't like hats, explained Charlie, and they don't like hamburgers either. So if they can't see if there's a hamburger or not under the hat, they won't steal the lunch. I'm fed up with poking around a hat, said Deborah. It'd be much easier if we went inside and finished our lunch. That's a brilliant idea. Charlie looked at Deborah in surprise. I'd never have thought of that, he said. 
Picking up their plates and hats, Charlie led Deborah back into the restaurant. They sat at a table. Charlie took the hats and dropped them back in the hat box. Deborah saw Derek standing in the corner. Why are you in the corner, Derek? she called. The server said I was greedy, Derek turned around. Be quiet. Now, you stand there for four weeks. He can't stand there for four weeks, Charlie said to the server. He's going to the Forest of Colours after lunch. No, he's not. The server banged his wooden spoon on the table again. Yes, he is, Charlie stood up. No, he's not. The server was getting annoyed now. Oh, yes, he is. Charlie walked up to the server until his face was so close to the server's face you couldn't put a piece of paper between them. Oh, no, he's not. Oh, yes, he is. Charlie picked up a wooden spoon and banged that one as well. Oh, yes, he is. Oh, no, he's not. Oh, yes, he is. Oh, no, he's not. Deborah blinked. Something strange was happening to the server. Oh, yes, he is. Oh, no, he's not. His voice was getting higher. He is. He's not. He is. He's not. Not only was the server's voice getting higher, but he was shrinking. He is. He's not. He is. He's not. He is, 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 said Charlie. He's not. Not, not. And then... It was difficult to know whose mouth had dropped open the most. Deborah's or Derek's. But they were both flabbergasted. Do you know why? Because the server had vanished. There was just his empty spoon lying on the counter. And that, said Charlie, is what happens to people who are not very nice in Uncle Roland's pleasure place. Because the server had vanished, Derek helped himself to another plate full of fish and chips and sat back down with Deborah and Charlie. The Forest of Colours, he said. Why is it called that? Oh, said Charlie, I don't know. I'm not allowed in there. I'm just the driver. But what I will tell you, when the children come out of the Forest of Colours, they can't stop laughing for hours. In fact, some of them laugh so much, they wet themselves. Look, Charlie pointed. Those children have just visited the Forest of Colours. A group of children had just come into the restaurant. <laughs> Why are the children laughing so much? What happens in the Forest of Colours? Listen to the next episode Uncle Rowan's Pleasure Place. <laughs> Coming soon.